guys. So we've had plenty of uh, movies about a loose cannon or rogue cop. But I don't think we've ever sat down and actually made, like, a numerical scale for, like, where they rate on, a, like, I say a 0 to 10. Do you mean for roguishness or... Just loose, loose cannon? cannon. <laughs> just, it, just in general, just like... So how loose is your cannon? Yeah. How loose cannon? How loose is your cannon? How loose is your cannon? You have a very tight cannon. How loose is your cannon? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I think number one loose cannon is a bad lieutenant. <laughs> Probably. Because he's basically just not a cop anymore. <laughs> is he more well, loose cannon than Dirty Harry, though? I was going to say, I think yes. you're forgetting about how how molested Dude, all the ever, bad guys were in Dirty Harry. I'm talking, have you ever seen Bad Lieutenant? Uh, just the one with Nicolas Cage, not the original. Okay, well, this one, in the first one, it's Harvey Keitel. And, uh... In the movie, there's a point where he's naked and masturbating, crying. And also, there's a uh, part where he pulls over two women, has them take out their tits, jacks off to them, and then takes off. So what you're saying so, is okay. his cannon was really loose. It's too loose. It's yeah. really loose. You know what I mean. Well, see, I feel like that's that's a bad thing. That can't be, like, he, that's yeah, he's, more, he's He's see, gone all... If you go too loose cannon, you are a bad cop. Right, but <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like to be a loose cannon, you still have to be the hero at the end of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever, you know, whenever Lethal Weapon get pulled into the, you know, commissioner's office or whatever the fuck happens in Lethal Weapon and, you know, whatever, getting yelled at, they are still the heroes at the end. Like, they, you know, they don't, they don't do things by the book. They okay. might, like, break a window to, like, get in to, to, to fight a bad guy. They're still, they're still up there. I feel like they're, like, on a zero to, zero to ten, I feel like they're at least a five. Riggs' first movie, he's, I guess if you're saying that the cutoff is pre-bad cop, he's at, still at a ten. Yeah. I, I mean, because he jumps that. off a building with a suspect. Okay, here's That's the thing. That's true. <laughs> Most of these cops we're describing are bad cops. Right? A lot of them do super legal shit in movies. That's because movies don't give a fuck what cop rules are. But the only Sometimes it's the, the point, only stipulation like is that how the story treats them is then are they the hero at the end? And if they are, then it's all good. Yeah, but I like, feel like if you get to the end of the story and you're actually the kind of the bad guy, like well, jerking off in front of naked women yeah, that you that's made strip. Up. You're never you're never the good guy after that. that, that <laughs> Harvey Keitel in that movie is worse than the like shockingly bad cop from Crash, who was supposed to be, like, the most extreme version of a horrible police officer. I guess you guys have never seen Crash. No. Harvey Keitel from that movie seems like he's worse than most criminals. Yeah, most criminals would be like, dude, cool it. Your cannon is way, <laughs> way too loose. Yeah, that's, like, that's super fucked up. It's like, there's a guy over in the holding cell drunk and jerking off. He wants you to cool it. Okay, so... It's like, oh, God, Harvey... This guy might jerk off on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does other stuff too, but those are some of the standouts. It's like doing heroin and jacking off naked and yeah. crying, like <laughs> with a real life with a real life junkie. In this I mean, so Jack Slater's <laughs> got to be up there a little bit, right? Jack Slater from uh, uh, Last, Last Action, Action Hero. Hero. Oh, yes, he is. He's a pretty loose cannon, yeah. but here's. I, I agree, but my point on that is I do not think he is the top of the scale. No, no, no. And at all. that he's like a seven. I think yeah, I th I think he's like a seven strictly for the fact that he he exists in a universe that is acknowledged as just being an action universe in comparison to like I don't know. Uh, I mean, one of the movies I picked today, um, Bad Boys. Like 
both of them, I think, is like an eight or a nine, just because like they have no regard for fucking anything related to the law. Oh, well, man. I, I disagree. One of, them, one of them in particular doesn't have any regard for the law. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, we can't leave out John they, McClane. He's they are bad boys, this. but I wouldn't say they were above I, a seven. I don't know if we can call John McClane a loose cannon because every time we've ever seen him in action, oh, he's not on duty. On duty. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what he's like as a regular cop. He's not <laughs> yeah. a loose cannon. He's just a loose. He's just a loose civilian. <laughs> And even then, with like with uh, the lethal weapon example, like yeah, he he jumps off a building with with uh, someone, but like I would argue like that's just kind of like a peak, like normal rating probably like a five or that's six. the first scene of the first movie. That's not the point. <laughs> okay, so just a real quick question to clarify for the for the you know for the question of the day, before I give my official answer, who I think is the loosest cannon. Could it just be any police organization, like any any law enforcement, any like? Does it, could it not? I'm, it, could I'm be federal. Think, I'm thinking. Are you, are you about to say John Spartan? Because <laughs> <laughs> he is a fucking dude. Loose once he gets cannon. to the future, okay. he is the epitome of a loose cannon. In I, fact, he almost, he skirts the line in present time. He's so wiping his they ass. Freeze, they freeze him in prison. <laughs> because it's like okay, you've crossed the line. You're no longer a loose cannon. You're an official bad guy. So he's off. He's the, a frozen he's cannon. Off the scale, then. Well, they bring him. They bring him back. Oh, they, so, they bring him back on the scale. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there's a there's a criminal who's so loose. They need a they need a cannon that's that loose. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this time you can play ice out in the real world. Oh. Okay. To uh, play it cool. Two mentions here. Where does uh, where does RoboCop fit on this? RoboCop is the tightest cannon. He <laughs> obeys the law exactly as prescribed. He is unable to break the law. Yeah, Stephen. He does shoot dicks though. RoboCop. Steven, Steven. That is in Detroit. The, that is legal. Within that timeline, <laughs> that is the letter of the law. Yeah, he is I, not breaking right, the law. He is right. the tightest cannon. I would argue that RoboCop exists outside of the scale because his number can be fluctuating depending on both movie and also what he needs to do. Because most and also depending on if his hand is the only part of him that's left. Exactly. Because because <laughs> most of the time he's probably like a zero or maybe like a one, where like he breaks the rules a little bit, but then whenever he just sees an, like an exposed shot that he can just bank off something and shoot someone's dick off, he goes way up to a ten. <laughs> nope, uh, that is a perfectly that was directly from the police handbook. Bank shot. Detroit cops are required to shoot dicks off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they have a quota they have to meet per, per month. But What about uh, Maniac Am I just cop? not going to get to say mine, or what? Sorry. <laughs> Again, Maniac Cop is a bad cop. If, if, if federal agencies can be rolled into this, well, obviously, honorable mention to Keanu Reeves as the FBI oh, agent. Yeah. I thought you were going there for a minute. But that's just honorable mention. Obviously, Tom Cruise from Night and Day. We discussed this. He got his whole crew killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's the one killing them. <laughs> well, he was also like... And he's the hero at the end. I would argue CIA doesn't count. And the only reason for is that... Is he CIA? He, he, he's something. He's some person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't he, even know what he is. The only reason I say CIA doesn't count is, like, in, in movies, like, FBI can be, like, basically the CIA, or they're just, like, they're just an upgraded version of regular police. But, like, regardless of what the movie is, the CIA are always sketchy as fuck. They may as well just not even be federal agents. Yeah, but he's so <laughs> sketchy, he's getting all of his fellow agents killed. Is my point. And he's hey, doing the one. He's the one doing the yeah, shooting. Yeah, usually, yeah. So, my point remains, like, even by CIA standards, he is fucking up. Yeah, he's... And yet, still the hero at the end. 
I mean, I don't know how you could get any looser than getting your whole department killed. <laughs> well, they do. They skip the country at the end. Yeah, I know, but he's still the good guy. Okay, in the movie's eyes, it's a good guy. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about how much of a clear psychopath he was the entire time. That's the main reason I enjoyed the movie so much, is because I refused to acknowledge it as anything other than just, like... Tom Cruise lost his mind? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, more. Tom Cruise crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to talk about future cops, because way more shit is allowed in the future. Or, or not allowed. Or, or not, yeah, that's true, like cussing. Yeah. He was literally wiping his ass with, with fines in, de- in Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, alright, let's 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 go ahead and get into the movies, because I feel like we could spend an entire episode just trying to assign uh, numbers Just trying to, to decide who the loosest of the cannons is? Yeah. I feel like this could be episode number 400. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Alright guys, welcome to Motion Picture Meltdown. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Phil the Kill Collins. Chiefs the Streets McGee. Andy Hart. And we are concluding our MPM Black History Month with a couple of loose cannon cop movies from uh, the 80s and 90s, picked by Cheats. First one we're doing is uh, Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy, and then the second one we're doing, as I said earlier, is Bad Boys with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. However, if if John McClane doesn't make it on the loose cannon list, neither does, um, what the fuck is his name in this, Axel? Axel, Axel Foley. Foley. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he's on vacation. I, Officially. That, okay, that's <laughs> At true. At the end, that is undone, and he is put there on Right. On a, the official, official story yeah. says that, but throughout the movie, until it's retconned, <laughs> he's not a loose cannon. He's just a regular cannon. To be fair, he does have two more movies where he is a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm sure he gets quite loose by the end. Footloose, you might say. As far as this movie's concerned, I would say he's a 3 out of 10 on the loose cannon scale. Well, that's fine. It's a totally arbitrary scale, so... (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So we're doing Beverly Hills Cop and Bad Boys 2. What I thought... No, not not Bad Boys 2. I thought these were... Bad Boys also. Bad Boys also. (laughs) Which is the next Bad Boys movie, I'm sure. It'll be either be called Bad Boys with no any kind there, of qualifier. <laughs> Hold on, there's a uh, if you could just mouse over there, there is a working title for the next Bad Boys. Oh really? Is it Bad Boys? I think it's Bad Boys Z? for Life. That's what it is. <laughs> bad Boys with a Z. <laughs> Why? Why not, Stephen? Like, where am I supposed to look here? Uh, I like your other idea of them just doing a third Bad Boys movie, but just calling it Bad Boys again because that's pretty common now. Yeah, where you is should it? have like a. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Bad Boys for life. life. Yeah, and is it before or four? No, what? Wait, wait, is it is it the number four? No, no, it's Bad Boys for Life, which is the third one, and then there's Bad Boys Four, which is also apparently in the making. It's like, <laughs> wh- no, you are not Listen, allowed. Man. No, Michael Bay has run out of Transformers ideas. He's got to get back on the Bad Boys train. Well, he's the worst boy, if you ask me. <laughs> Which would also be an excellent fucking name. <laughs> okay. So I thought these were both 90s movies. I don't know why I thought Beverly Hills Cop was from the 90s. It's firmly in the 80s. It's probably when you saw it. I've never seen it. Oh. I was going to say, you pro- have you seen the third one? Because that one was really popular in the 90s. I don't 90s. think I've seen any Beverly Hills Cop movies. I, don't, I know I hadn't seen this one, and I don't think I've seen any of the other ones. I think I would remember that very grating laugh that never stops. <laughs> but honestly, somehow, by the end, I'm, like, endured to it. 
Like, I liked it by the end. Because Eddie Murphy is the fucking best. Yeah, yeah. he is the best. I, d- I don't... <laughs> we can't, this can't be disputed. What about the uh, insanely beloved theme? Oh, yeah, man. Like, I didn't know what this theme even came from. I know this theme. Miranda knew this theme. Everybody knows this if fucking you've been theme. In a, if you've been in a high school band, you have played this theme. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it's, for sure. <laughs> but how is it the theme to this movie? Like... What? Because my mind is blown. The eighties, man. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, good point. I mean, this this movie like reeks of like cocaine. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got our it's coffee grounds everywhere. <laughs> you know. And there's like not even that much cocaine in the movie, as far as like it, well, how much eighty scre- kilos, how much screen time much. it gets. Yeah, but. It's still, like, you can just see it, like, on the edges of the, like, hood of the cars where they've been snorting it off of there. <laughs> like, it's definitely everywhere. So, somebody tell me about this plot, according to IMDb. A, so, according to IMDb, a freewheeling Detroit cop pursuing a murder investigation finds himself dealing with a very different culture of Beverly Hills. That's, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I it's, can't remember It's really a fish-out-of-water story, but he's also, you know... Yeah, except for he's straight running that shit. Yeah, well, they don't because know. Because he's basically, he's basically a con, <laughs> as well as being a cop. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And which, you know, that plays perfectly well with the plot, because he's, like, clearly comes from, like, very poor neighborhood where his friends and, like, associates are, like, some of them still criminals. What, uh, what a better way to catch a con man than also being a con man. I mean, he knows all the schemes, apparently. Dude, the fucking warehouse game was so fucking funny. Oh, and he you never about lets the it... cigarette warehouse or oh, you mean later on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the beginning is the cigarette, but yeah, I mean it's all hilarious. <laughs> and in the in the opening scene, we get the exact fucking thing we were talking about last week, where a fucking <laughs> fruit gets exploded all over the fucking road in a car chase. Yeah, but this wasn't a fruit truck. Yes, this was on a fruit stand. It was on its way to the stand. To be honest, whatever this is kind of like... watermelons exploding everywhere, cantaloupes yeah. going awry, like this is the... <laughs> going awry. This is the turn up to eleven fruit stand because this isn't a fruit stand. This truck was going to deliver to like twenty fruit stands. Yeah, <laughs> so... max fruit, max frutality, maximum over fruit. You know what it is? Is like it's the movie equivalent of particle <laughs> effects. Did you say Max Brutality? Yes. <laughs> God damn it. Flawless victory. Brutality. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, that's exactly what it is. Because... And... Perfectly encapsulated by the fact that the whole fruit stand thing comes full circle whenever um, Inception's released, and they explode an entire city worth of fruit stands at the same time and just freeze them in the air so you can just admire the glory of flying fruit and honestly have you ever seen a fruit stand in real life (laughs) yes i mean okay how many times have you come upon a fruit stand tell me where it was i've I've seen one Oh yeah, I've seen at least one, and um, that is like farmers market. Yeah, they do like a, a farmers market yeah. every now and then over here, but yeah, I've not, never not, gone to. It. No, not <laughs> a farmers market. There's. I'm talking about like a straight up storefront, full blown, just a fuck ass load of fruit. Okay. Where if you no, crashed no. a car through it, it would, in, you know, absorb the, the impact. It's that much fruit. There's um, like 
whenever I still lived in Clarksville, like right around the corner, there was just this uh, building that didn't have anything in it for the longest time. And at some point, like someone just showed up for like a couple weeks with basically an increasing, like it started out as just a fruit stand, and it's like not even in the building exactly, next to I it. I know exactly where you mean. Yeah. It was just like an abandoned parking lot that just somehow became filled with shit over time, yeah. and now it's just re-abandoned again. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened there. Well, but, the parking well, somebody crashed actual, like, in it, obviously. mechanic shop opened up next to it. I almost can't even count that, because it's not like, you couldn't. You couldn't be driving on the street and then be, like, in a high-speed chase and then have to go up on the sidewalk and oh, crash into that. Oh, well, that was in a fucking parking lot. We have to take into account we don't live in actual cities. I mean, I've been to cities, man. I, I've been to New York. I've been to fucking... Chicago. All kinds of fucking cities. Have there are no to, fucking fruit stands. Have you been to the Fruit Town District? <laughs> Goddamn. I would love hey, it. Hey, Philip, they call New York the Big Apple for the, the big fruit stand. Is what it's, it, it, as far as I can tell, in all movies, there's just fruit stands, fucking everywhere. Like I, see, I can see it if you're like in a foreign country where people really do eat a fuckload of fruit. We don't eat fruit in the United States. Nobody's <laughs> buying fruit. Like this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. So as maybe far in as... the 80s though. Definitely in the eighties. As far as like uh, Eddie Murphy, like movies and film and whatnot, like obviously he had been active prior to nineteen eighty two, which was his first movie, which is Forty Eight Hours. But I'm just like looking at the starting list and like I don't, I haven't seen all these, but like Forty Eight Hours, one of the impressions, good. Trading Places is good. Forty Eight Hours was pretty good. Yeah, but if it's like it's it's really. It, kind of extreme in the uh <laughs> in the amount of slurs that are thrown around to where it's oh, like it's you. barely it, it's there's barely any comedy actual comedy in it it's like all the comedy is coming from eddie murphy and it's like everybody else is just being so fucking aggressive Ooh, <laughs> and it's like man this was a comedy yeah, <laughs> yeah like... and, but i think they uh they went pulled back on that for another 48 hours that's I fair. think that one's easier to find now. I, I, I'm just pointing out, like, as far as, like, his... I think Christ his, it wasn't called 49 Hours. His first set of movies was, like, 48 Hours, Trading Places, which is really good. I haven't seen Best Defense. I don't even know what that is. Beverly Hills Cop, which we saw, and I really enjoyed it. Um, then he did The Golden Child. Then there's Beverly Hills Cop 2, which, again, is supposed to be really good. And then Coming to America. And, like, these are all, like, his first set of movies. Golden Child was the one I had seen and I thought was Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> okay. So, because, I, I, would, mean, I would say that from 84 on is really when his career started taking off. Like, that that stretch of Beverly Hills Cop 1, Golden Child, coming or Beverly Hills Cop 2, Coming to America, Harlem Nights, and then the 48-hour sequel were, like, he was making the money then. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember this was before Wesley Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eddie Murphy and his brother were the blackest people on the planet <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> in on the planet? I, okay. that's, that's the quote. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dude, Jesus. Yeah. Re- related, related to that, Stephen. It's mind-boggling to me looking at like his the like Nutty Professor came out in 1996, which fuck that movie. Dude, but, that was a huge I mean, fucking that's hit. A, I know that it is was. a giant movie. I mean, I know. So probably the reason you feel like that is because I'm sure we went to the same school. I'm sure you guys saw it a lot there. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're not doing anything today. 
You're watching a fucking Nutty Professor. <laughs> no. I, I've never seen the Nutty Professor, but based on the trailer, I will never see the Nutty Professor. Unless you, you guys make me watch it for this fucking show. It's way better than uh, the other Nutty Professor-based property, Flubber. Well, but it's not better than the original, which is actually not that bad of a movie. All right, all right. We can all agree... We can all agree that Eddie Murphy's heyday was Vampire in Brooklyn. No, oh, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> the point is, around the time of uh, Beverly Hills Cop, he's fucking killing it. Yeah. He crushes in this movie. He has so much fucking charisma that, by, honestly, by the end, a laugh that annoyed the fuck out of me, I was, like, fully on board with. It's the same fucking It just, <laughs> like, oh, I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so fucking fake. And it's like, this is the worst acting I've ever seen. It's like your old, the guy who used to live next to you, Philip. his No, laugh. dude, his laugh is next level. <laughs> his laugh was literally chop, 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 chop. Like, that was his laugh. Yeah. Like, his for real laugh was chop, 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 I can't chop. even, I can't even do an impression of it because you'll never believe that's what his real laugh sounded like. You'll never believe it. I was, I was truly blown away. I was, I was blown away. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the plot. God, we're never going to talk about we're this We're just going to, we're going to jump right in. Uh, his buddy shows back up. He's been in. Uh, he's been working in Beverly Hills for uh, another one of their friends as a security guard. He shows up with uh, bear bonds. Yep. Which uh, you know, he's still pretty obviously at least a borderline criminal. He shouldn't be carrying around bear bonds for no reason. Yeah, nobody should. There's <laughs> no real reason to. So they go out and party. Uh, on the way back to it, they're at the door of his apartment when uh, Eddie Murphy gets knocked out. And, uh, and it happened so fast, I seriously blinked, and I didn't know what happened to Eddie Murphy. I was like, did he go in his apartment? And I had to rewind. I'm like, he's knocked out, and then they just don't even have the camera on him at all until the end of the scene. I mean, they're both stumbling drunk whenever they show up. And he's going to the, the door, and he's messing with the key, and then, pow! Yeah. <laughs> and his did... buddy gets uh, whacked. Yeah. Literally. Like, like mob style. They, they have him down on the ground, they shoot him like twice in the back. Yeah. The back of the head. Yeah. This is probably the oldest movie I've seen Jonathan Banks in, who played Mike in Breaking Bad. And it's so fucking weird to see him with, like, a full head of hair. Right? See, whenever I watched Bre Breaking Bad, I was thinking, that's the dude from uh, Beverly Hills Cop! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, it was... Uh, he's just born to be a minion. He's yeah. done that face, <laughs> you know? I was gonna say, hair, no hair... Still the same dude. <sighs> so he gets blown the fuck away, and for some unknowable reason, like, to me, I get you knocked him out or whatever, and it's a movie, so he's magically unconscious, and, like, you can do whatever you need to do just for plot reasons, but if I'm those those mobster dudes, just fucking kill him, too. They don't know he's a cop. He's a witness. They might have seen something. I would something. think that professional killers just kill the person they've been professionally assigned to yeah these guys kind of suck at being professional killers <laughs> i think they're just henchmen who were like today you're gonna be a professional killer you know what i mean because they don't spend the rest they don't spend the rest of the movie professionally killing the rest of the movie they're just standing around like guarding stuff so it's like it was a professional quote-unquote hit just because this guy has definitely killed people before but if i'm that guy i just fucking anybody that's around they all get whacked but whatever, uh, he, they leave Eddie Murphy alive, and which was a big mistake. 
and uh, just a little Jack. He goes Slater on vacation because his boss is mad at him anyway. Yeah, so his his boss is like, you need, you got this vacation time, go on vacation. Let us handle After the murder you of hospital. your best friend. It's like I mean, obviously not best friend, but they were like really tight growing. He up. says that he's his best friend later. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that's I think he's just doing hyperbole because this dude, you can't. Live completely across the country from your best friend for like a decade in the eighties and be still be best friends. Like it would have cost like a hundred and fifty dollars to make a phone call to LA in nineteen eighty four. Also, like his Well, I mean he also thought he was in prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> See? He didn't even know he wasn't in prison. Like I don't know. clearly not like, his best I'm friend. Not, I'm not willing to argue against uh, you know, them being best friends. I definitely them. believe they were best friends. And he's like Apparently, he, he clearly he clearly owes this dude like a friendship. And he's like, I'm going to find out what who the fuck killed him. So he yeah, travels whole, to Beverly like, Hills and immediately sets whole, out. Like, uh, conversation with his police captain, who, number one, is so, his role is so defined as the angry police captain that he is the police captain in the three Beverly Hills cop movies and has no other acting credits whatsoever. Oh, really? But, yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. Just that, just that. Speaking of uh, other people, like, Involved with this movie, they had very limited like work. Did you see the director's filmography? He's directed like five things, and they're all very different. Well, I mean, one of them is kind of like this, but uh, the other, the uh, two of the notable ones that I <laughs> I remember are "Scent of a Woman." Well, that and, makes uh, sense. Considering his name is Martin Brest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, these are very different movies. <laughs> Midnight Run. This conversation with the captain, the captain's like, I don't want you anywhere near this case. Don't go anywhere near it. And he's like, I won't. I'm just going to go on vacation and definitely not have anything to do with this case. Oh, <laughs> like he knows it's bullshit immediately too. So at least he has that. The conversation before that was hilarious. Whenever it's like, it's like right after the, the thing with the truck at the very beginning. And he comes into the locker room and is just chewing Eddie Murphy out. And he's just like, I just got my ass chewed off. I already didn't have an ass to begin with. And, like, he turns around and starts walking away. And Eddie Murphy's just like, you know, Chief, you still got an ass. It's okay. Like, still got a little bit of an ass. <laughs> he didn't chew it all off. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, he's traveled to Beverly Hills. He's doing his investigation. Right off the bat, gets arrested for being thrown through a plate glass window. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because first he goes Which to... Which he would have uh, definitely he, he meets died up with his friend. Where he gets the uh, name of the bad guy, Victor Maitland, which is a great bad guy name. Yeah. It really is. Oh, yeah. And I'm this also... guy has a great face for it, too. Is this the oh, same he... spelling as the Maitlands from Beetlejuice? Uh, I don't know why I want to know that. Yep, same spelling. Just curious. <laughs> well, it's also like, he... Like, Eddie Murphy homes in on who the bad guy is. Well, like a he's got an asshole face. Like, yeah, okay, we're supposed to know who the... Yeah, we know. Well, yeah, obviously he does have. An I mean, face. he he literally it's he may or may not have known before, but as soon as he walks in there, and then that dude just presses a button, and nine guys throw him through a window. He pretty much knows then <laughs> that's the bad guy. Well, yeah. He... <laughs> I, I'm more pointing out just like he immediately pieces everything together like at the beginning of the movie. It's just like this guy, and like the rest of the movie is him trying to get get to him. But I'm I mean, just pointing it out. Well, he... he does some basic police work where he goes to the guy's place of work. 
Yeah. And he just asks like, him, what did he do um, for you? And, and then, then he, he just instantly gives himself away by well, just crazy breaking also, the law. He checks out the, he checks out the, is it before or after where he goes to the warehouse and just looks in? And I think finds, it was after. It was definitely after. Because I think this was almost the first thing he did. Like you said, he went and talked to um, his friend who's the art dealer or whatever yeah. she was. Dude, the, the fucking guy that plays the, uh, like, the I guess he's the manager of this gallery. <laughs> Like that fucking guy. I guess you guys aren't familiar with Perfect Strangers. <laughs> no. It's about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was this archetype already existing, or did this movie invent it? This is the earliest instance of it I can remember. But after this, every art gallery, like manager or director or whatever, is this fucking guy. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Like this character. It's just the like very ambiguous accent that's like. Obviously, like, fake just specifically could, for the art world. Could be German. Could be French. Yeah, it's like, who knows? you're just making shit up. Could be Meepos. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so... Why? Why am I covered with goo? I'm from the Upper West Side, <laughs> but I direct an art gallery, yeah? Yeah. yeah. They all are, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think Beverly Hills Cop, along with having... The most distinctive fucking theme song of all time, to the point where it's like I had no fucking clue. I, I what love that the variations from. on it too because they're like oh they're all they're the quiet place. versions whenever he's sneaking. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, it's it's very good. It's a versatile tune. <laughs> so he immediately gets thrown out of the bad guys' headquarters, and he's like, oh okay, so and immediately arrested, and then just instantly arrested. It's clear the Maitland dude just called the cops on him, and they showed up, and they're like, oh, this black dude's obviously the one to, that, at blame. <laughs> this well, man lying on the ground, covered in broken glass, is the he did it. <laughs> Well, we have six witnesses that say that he kicked his own ass. It's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I'm kicking you my mind? own ass. Do you mind? It's like you could talk to Eddie Murphy for one second and just see that he's perfectly lucid, not on drugs, and nobody not on drugs would throw themselves through a fucking window. <laughs> like, the story falls apart instantly, and they're just like, nope, six people said, so... Well, they're so, they're so by the book here in Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. This, this fucking cop car is nicer than his apartment, he says. <laughs> uh, this is, this is just a, a sidebar, but fucking Sylvester Stallone, this movie was written for Sylvester Stallone. Oh, thank God he's not in it. Yeah. Apparently, he quit the movie because of the orange juice that was in his trailer. <laughs> thank, thank bless for whoever provided that orange juice. It gave us this absolute classic. What a fucking asshole. I mean, he absolutely could not have done this. No. no, no what no. would have this movie been? It would not have so, been. I'll tell you what it would have been. It would have been law. <laughs> right. I am the law. <laughs> I'm also the enemy of all fruit. You'd think he would have wanted the fruit stand to be crashed into. Maybe the fruit <laughs> juice came from that stand. Oh, what a dick. Or I, well, truck, actually. Sorry, I keep... It, it's amusing to me that, like, Judge Dredd just got brought up because one of my friends asked what I was watching, and I was like, oh, I picked a couple Rogue Cop movies for a podcast. And I was like, you should do Judge Dredd. I'm like, we already did it. He's like, did you do both of them? I'm like, yes. And he's like, you should do them again. <laughs> Well, I'm afraid not. <laughs> yeah, that's simply just not going to happen. I'll watch Dread again, but I will not watch Judge Dread again. 
That will not happen. I got too little time left on Earth. And I'm <laughs> wasting so much of it anyway. Yeah, so, so they take him to the police station, and he's sitting down with... Um, I can't remember the actor's name. Not Judge Reinhold. It's Taggart but the other guy. and Rosewood. Yeah. And, because uh, of course, there's no way I could not remember Judge Reinhold, because first off, that name's awesome, and second, he's just very clearly a psychopath in this movie. Well, he's a, he's a fucking goof. There's yeah. nothing to him. He's a, he's a dummy, as far as being a cop goes. Oh, yeah, well... Well, well, it's, well I guess everything. He's there, just stupid. <laughs> the reason why I say he's a psychopath is in, like, the beginning, or, like, the any part of the movie where they get in the firefight and stuff. And, like, they're pinned down. Like, his personality just it was, like, completely... Like, he just kills some guy. He's just like, yeah, I killed somebody! <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay! Yeah, this is... He lights up. Like, he becomes himself at that moment. And before <laughs> that, he's just, like, wandering around, like, oh, I guess I'll be a cop. Yeah. And I know I'm supposed to like Judge Reinhold, but, like, ever since Gremlins, that was the first thing I think I ever saw him with, and he's such a cocksucker in that that I could just never... Never move away from that role, like, where I fucking hated his guts. The first thing I ever saw him in was an episode of Seinfeld where he's, like, best friends with Jerry's parents, like, awkwardly. He's like, yeah, we can be best friends and just go to the museum together. It's like, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to be friends with my parents? It's pretty good. It's a good episode. He's real weird in it. I think he's just weird. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think he might be. Oh, I think he's the close talker. <laughs> And oh. also, uh, the their boss, the lieutenant Bogomil, he's Dick Jones, <laughs> and one, also, in a rare non-villain role. He's also super cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in real life, he's like a bluegrass musician. <laughs> he's just like you know, relaxed and shit. <laughs> yeah, we gotta. I wonder how many times he's been asked to play the Beverly Hills Cop theme. I'm sure he just does it voluntarily because it rules. Play that same theme again. <laughs> like to me, it's more iconic than the cantina music. Like, I think more people know this theme than any of the Star Wars music, including the fanfare. Uh, it's hard for me to argue against that. It... Uh, I don't know about that. I, I was also just thinking about like it's maybe to... the cantina thing, but not the uh, like the general just Star Wars theme. People know that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I was also just thinking just now, like because when they're in this police station, they're they're talking to Eddie Murphy, like the stuff he is just saying to them. Like it's hard to like point out things because like any time that he gets one of these bits in, in in this movie in particular where he just starts talking, it's just gold. Like, I don't mean just, like, a normal conversation. I mean, like, when he's just conning the shit out he's of He's doing, like, fast-talking, like, hustler yeah. talk. And, I mean, that starts from second one. Like, as <laughs> yeah. soon as he starts talking, which is, like, the, you know, one minute into the movie, he's, like, trying to hustle these dudes into believing that he's stolen these cigarettes and that he's selling them to them or whatever. It's like, no, man, come on. I, yeah, you I know, think this the, is I need $5,000, man. I think the height of it is, uh... Okay, it's basically right where we're heading to at this point in the plot, where uh, uh, his friend drops him off at the the warehouse. He sneaks in. He over well, he he overlooks some uh, shady dealings going down. So they follow those guys back to. Uh, turns out they're taking stuff out of customs before it uh, has been cleared, and then putting it back so it can pass inspection. 
Wouldn't Shady Dealings be such a great name for, like, an offshore, like, fake shell company? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <would>. my... Ne- <laughs> you know, my investment firm, Shady Dealings. <laughs> LLC. Yeah. But, uh, where, when he just wanders in there, and he's immediately, like, spotted by a security guard, he's like, hey, who's in charge here? <laughs> Let me see your... It's like, <laughs> this is a classic gambit seen in like a million future movies, but no one ever does it as good as he does it right here. Like anytime somebody tries to call him out, he doubles down and wins <laughs> every time. It's like, man, you, you got any identifications? Like identification, and then he and he wins automatically. <laughs> he gave me a match. <laughs> this motherfucker gave me a match. It's like, why are you letting a black man dressed like me just wander into <laughs> customs with? Without anybody saying anything to him, how does that happen? Uh, and what's immediately crazy is that... turns this thing that he's done immediately back onto them. It's like, oh, uh, well, we don't know how that happened. <laughs> and they're still not asking him. Like they just, they never, they never like do the thing he's directly telling him them to do. It's like, what, you're not even gonna ask me for any identification or nothing? It's like, well, I guess not. Man, bring a manager down here. Talks him down. Everybody. I want to speak to your manager. He just asked for a year free of Time Warner Cable. <laughs> Always. Shark King Grill or whatever. The, uh, also in between this, the uh, local police station where he was taken to, uh, they have Judge Reinhold and... Um, why can't I still not remember that guy's name? Taggart. Taggart. His name is Judge Reinhold. He's not a judge. I know he's not. But he's I'm, he's I'm just like, a regular I remember the officer. actor's name and then the character name for the other person. So they have Taggart and Rosewood following him. And so like they they follow him back to his to uh, his hotel. And so like he just he of course immediately spots them and uh, pays one of the waiters to take out a, like a plate of food. To oh yeah, I, we, I can believe that we yeah. completely skipped over this. Like, he he's just like he he just walks across the street well, we with were this just, platter. We were skipping ahead to illustrate the peak fast talking. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. But I love this part too. Oh yeah. yeah. So the waiter brings them just a platter of food, and he's just like, you know, good evening, officers. Would you like some food? And they're just like, we talking about. It. And she's like, yeah, you know, your friend Axel Foley bought this for you. And they're just like, uh. Alright, sure. So they take it. Well, this is going well, on. Rosewood got some... for it. Yeah, he's... <laughs> oh, great. Well, this is going on. Fucking Eddie Murphy's gotten some bananas that he knew he just puts in their exhaust pipe. He got them from uh, Damon Wayans. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Damon Wayans is like, yeah, you can just have these bananas. He's smuggling them some bananas. <laughs> <laughs> How much is this fruit buffet? <laughs> How much is three bananas? <laughs> he just hands them to him. Yeah, it's that old classic gamut, banana in the tailpipe. I always heard it as a half, you cut a potato in half and then like slide it onto the end so that it won't come up. Well, you don't have to cut it in half. You just shove it in and it'll like a... That, if I'm... I mean, that depends on the potato you have. If it's too big. I mean, as long as it's big enough. It just needs to obstruct. Yeah. Because if the docks can't come out, then the car will not run. Yeah, it's basically like suffocating a machine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Takes away its ability to have oxygen to Can't make the that combustion. Happen. Also, like blow the tailpipe though. Doing that, I mean, it can cause. I problems. mean, it have to be pretty close to be blowing before it would uh, blow out metal instead of potato, the, the fruit that is the fruit <laughs> or veg that is. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> or starch. <laughs> well, I think I think potatoes a vegetable, dude. <laughs> it's a root. Yeah, we're not. Talking about its caloric qualities. <laughs> so, he 
they, you know, they get like three feet and then they're just stuck in the middle of the road, completely embarrassed and no, and have no way of following Eddie Murphy to his next location. The police station gives them so much shit for this. They get docked two ba- two days' pay for it. I know, like, well, there's that, and also one of the other detectives comes up, and uh, he's just wearing like a fake pair of glasses with with a mustache, but instead of being an, a being a fake nose, it looks like a banana. Yeah. Where did he get this thing? I don't know. He had to have made it custom. As far it's as so I know, there is an anti-banana disguise. <laughs> yeah, well, why the hell would there be? The, the, but it's like silicone. It's like professionally made. This dude makes, like, silly costumes in his spare hey, time. They're, they're, went straight home and made a fake banana nose. They're in Beverly Hills. You know, he probably has a side work, as, you know, doing some, like, prosthetics for the movie industry. Well, you know, the 80s, <laughs> everybody had two jobs. Nope. Just one job, and you only had to work part-time, and you could still afford a house, which only cost $40,000. Uh, he goes to the warehouse after that. We, yeah. just, we just talked about that. Um, let's see, maybe post that, I believe he meets back up with, um, the lady, what is her name? Jenny Summers. Uh, talks to her some more. She, she's kind of in between on, on, uh, all this. Um, he also gets, uh, Rosewood and Taggart to go to a strip club with him. Uh. Yeah, I thought this was a bit of a weak point as far as writing is concerned. I know that they, they're setting this up specifically so that they can show, like, like, it's oh, like, we're Character teaching, for... <laughs> yeah. We're teaching the captain of this Beverly Hills Police Department how to lie your ass off. Well, they're teaching. He's teaching all of them, really. Yeah, but I mean, specifically, this whole situation seems set up just so that they have to tell a lie about what happened and then have that lie be immediately exposed and be like, "Look, no, my my made up explanation of what was happening that was working. Y'all <laughs> fucked it up." Yeah. So. There's, like, a robbery of this, like, coincidentally, there just happen to be three police officers in a strip club as it's being robbed. I mean, I guess, three officers who don't even want to be there. Like, why did Eddie Murphy take them there? You know, because that's what he wants to do. Plot reasons. (laughs) Well, they're all, I mean, yeah, they're supposed to follow him, and he just happens to... Well, no, like, he's like, I'm gonna take you, let's go get a drink, Let's, let's go hang out. Like, is he just trying to get them fired? Well, but no, like wait. making them go someplace where they would, they the, the police captain would be mad if they that weren't. that would be a plus maybe. But I, I think it, I think it's more has to do with like he needs this police department to help him uh, take down this Maitland guy. So like you know he's just gonna try to be friends with these guys, and either one of two things is gonna happen: he's gonna con them in, into helping him, or he's gonna con them into leaving him alone. One of the two. It just happens to be the first one actually happened to work out for him. In fact, when things really kick off. Uh, they, uh, it's like, okay, he's coming clean with the cops about, like, everything that's going on and uh, the evidence that he has. He's like, okay, well, outside of, you know, That's after he gets arrested the second time, after (laughs) throwing the dude through the buffet at the country club. But, yeah, like, he does the whole rundown for him, like, and he's like, look, I don't have literal drugs, but I have everything that says, yeah, for sure, drugs are being shipped. Nobody just ships crates filled with coffee. Like well, that I'm would not be sure a coffee importer. <laughs> no, not not, not, loose. not an art dealer wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no, but yeah, and also like the coffee would be ruined if you just had it in a crate ground up. I don't, did anybody else think that the original plot was going to be? Of course, he's 
putting the drugs in his awful art and then selling the art for, you know, $130,000. It's full of that much worth of drugs. Right. Because the art is fucking awful. Yeah, I mean, it would have made sense. I, I but just, it still would have cost a lot to make. I just assumed it was a, a, a legitimate business covering something up. Yeah. And yeah. That, that might be... Uh, I didn't assume that, but I did if, assume I, that... I, if I were going to smuggle drugs, I would put it in <laughs> terrible art. <laughs> but in True Lies, whenever they're shipping the nuclear weapons via, like, Iranian, like, uh, you know, ancient ruins... <laughs> where it's like these old statues and they're just filled with nuclear weapons somehow. Exactly like that. Yeah. So, but this is more practical because you can just make garbage art and fill it with fucking drugs and then sell it for, it's like, hey, this is the going price for this because for some reason it's popular. I don't make the rules. Hey, if this is what people pay for it, that, that's what they'll pay. That's actually a pretty good plan. <laughs> <laughs> Good, okay, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> we got to cut this part out just in case we ever decide to go into business. So, um... Because, yeah, you can just buy any garbage and call it art. Really. A fucking toilet that you turn sideways is art. If you say it is. <laughs> Guy that pisses the art off so much. <laughs> so, um... I, I was fully... Like, I was sure that Eddie Murphy must have like, somehow arranged for these guys to be robbing this um, strip club, <laughs> or that this strip club robbery was somehow related to the case he was working, and that he was, like, showing them, look, criminal activity because of this case. But no, it was just a random happenstance. They have it's, to be in this fucking strip club. And so we can get some titties in the movie. Hey. And, and he can make himself, he can endear himself with the police, because he knows that they're on his side. He's so charming right. that I forgot about it until we brought it back up just now. Like, I forgot about how I was like, what? But it took one second for me to be like, oh, no, wait a minute. He's just a flying talking donkey. It's fine. <laughs> oh, God. So, I'm to forget that. Hey, those are those are big fucking movies, too. That fucking is, A, they are. That doesn't mean I have dollars. to like them. <laughs> okay, just as an aside, I accidentally broke my mind the other day because the song... Um, that Smash Mouth covers. Somebody. No, the <laughs> that's in that's in Shrek also. Yeah, but I thought that's where we were going. With no, this. <laughs> the Monkey song that Smash Mouth covers for oh, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Yeah, is also covered by another band in the third movie. Two different bands cover the same song, which was also a cover. Not written by the monkeys, obviously, because they're fake. It's like... I was like, wait a minute. I think they were the original performers of that, but they... The monkeys? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean... They, they didn't write it. Of they, there they, was a they recording of it. They were musicians at but, the time that they had... Yeah. They started their music career. In any case, <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. So Weezer also covered I'm a Believer for the Shrek movies? Okay. What the fuck? I, I, I would have assumed that they would have used the same one because they've... It truly, like, broke my mind one day. I was like, I don't understand. Like, how could this be? But it's true. Uh, Anyhow. I'm willing to go with it just because... I was just going to say, yeah, when D-Hart was talking about how big the Shrek movies were, apparently Eddie Murphy's movies have amassed to $6.7 billion gross at the uh, box office. Uh, yeah, he's been in some big fucking shit. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. He's also made some movies that I would rather grind up and snort than have to watch <laughs> speaking of grinding things up and snorting 
<laughs> Let's get back to the movie. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Coffee and cocaine. Yeah, I mean, cocaine right now. <laughs> so he presents his evidence, and he's so compelling that he convinces the police that are escorting him out of town and to leave immediately to well, they, then take him directly to the bad guy's hideout and I, break in. I almost think this was Bogomil's plan the entire time. Because, Fucking Bogomil? Yeah, it's, just, it's a crazy name, but I love it. He sounds like an asshole he's, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> he's the villain from that classic cartoon that everybody loved, the Schmurfs. <laughs> Rocky and Bogomil. <laughs> yeah. That's what Bogle. it would have been if Sylvester Stallone would have been in the movie. Ooh, good one. Damn it. That's excellent. But anyway, so he puts mm-hmm. him with the, basically the most incompetent cop. Yeah. The one who, it's like, okay, if you make a compelling case, Rosewood's just going to fucking roll over because he's a dummy. I think Rosewood would have been fine if he just was like, come on, man, let's go commit some felonies. Let's just go <laughs> shoot some people. Oh, this is before he's done it. No, I know, but I just mean, like, he seems kind of open to anything. Like, I don't know, just a random guy coming up to you on the street and giving you a platter of food, and you just eat it? I'm kind of well, curious, You did like... see him come out of the hotel, so it's not like it, he's from nowhere. Yeah, but it's pretty clearly a ruse. <laughs> I mean, no one just delivers your food. I'm curious what Rosewood has done before, like, before now. Because as far as up until this point, like... Well, he... not past background checks, I guarantee you no. that. No, well, like, up until this point, he hasn't done anything, like blatantly stupid like yeah him taking the food's a bad idea but it's like he hasn't done anything to get any sort of reputation that we're aware of he's just kind of a goof but then like whenever uh he he calls for backup after they start getting involved with uh uh maitland's uh goons basically like uh taggart gets off the phone with them and he and a radio i can't remember what it was he's just like uh rosewood did something stupid again and it's like what has he done like, what has he done before now that makes you say that? Any, anytime you're a new cop in a movie and you haven't proven that you're, like, a badass, you're automatically the worst. Like, everybody just treats you like shit. You're, you're basically the, the new pledge at the frat house. He seems like the kind of detective that would have gotten there based on some kind of uh, schoolwork. High aptitude, uh, scholastics, yes. no common sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, usually they weed those people out before they're actually given guns and being called detectives and stuff but what whatever so he's just like hey man come on and he's like all right and so he takes him to the warehouse and he's like jenny insists on going in with him yeah really stupidly and uh so of course <laughs> not as stupid as the lady in the, the in, uh, bad boys jenny gets kidnapped because she didn't listen to um axel foley what a made-up ass name <laughs> <laughs> that's possibly the like the least believable thing in the whole movie <laughs> the dude named axel like, that's his official police name. Axel Rose. I don't know, man. I'm just going <laughs> to say... No way Axel Rose, Axel Rose. Was, <laughs> there's no way Axel Rose was born Axel. He named himself <laughs> Axel. Him being named Axel Bully is not as unbelievable as one of the names I saw when I was working for Time Warner, which was Balthazar Grundy, <laughs> and that was the real person's Isn't name. Isn't he the bad guy in Batman? I've seen the name Fat Dong. I mean, was that guy a <laughs> painting? I have no idea. I think I really feel like we're glazing over Fat Dog. <laughs> yeah. Did you just ask him if he was a painting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? This is Balthazar. Yeah, that name Scourge is Scourge of Carpathians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
<laughs> of course she gets kidnapped because she didn't listen to Eddie Murphy uh, and stay in the car. Eddie Murphy gets... Um, does he get shot right here? No, he doesn't get shot until he no, gets he to gets the other a... place. Because he still has to do a ton of like acrobatic jumping and rolling and shooting. Yeah, so they he he's able to get away, and then they siege the fucking 80s mansion full of cocaine, because... That's always a, an important plot beat for uh, any any movie or game. Well, whether or not there's this also like a, full like, a, like a full comedy beat yeah. here, where <laughs> Tagger and Rosewood are trying to get over the wall, but they maintain the theme, so it all feels perfect. Yeah. It's and, and what's great is that Tagger does not give up, despite the fact that uh, Rosewood just literally dropped him on the ground. Like, fucking <laughs> not feet first, we'll say. They both fall over in quite a hilarious fashion. Honestly, in fact, I feel like they definitely got a little injured in this stunt. It, it would have had to have. So, this is a very typical 80s mansion. At least 15 bad guys all carrying Uzis. Yeah. The and, gun uh, of choice in 80s action movies. Yeah. For, at least for bad guys. Bad guys had to have Uzis. <laughs> yeah, well, but good guys not going to use an Uzi. Because unless the they're... good guys know how to aim. <laughs> right. <sighs> they don't have to just go... And just, like, shoot 90 holes in the ground right in front of you. But I love that. Uh, the little explosions, because those are happening Those are happening in front of those guys. Yeah. And what's what's, <laughs> like, my favorite part of this is that every time they kill one of these henchmen, they then... Proceed in an orderly fashion until they're shot at again, which happens almost immediately, and then they keep doing it. Like they're like, okay, now that we killed that guy, let's continue on our mission. Oh shit, we're being shot uh, at well, again. Well, I mean, this is like it's the cover shooter kind of game, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, but it just seems like they they were crouched after the you know the shooting starts, and then they hide, and then they kill that guy, and then they stand perfectly straight and just <laughs> walk right out into the grass. It's like, what are you? Are you trying to draw fire? Do you know that you're immune to bullets? Because, I mean, you clearly are. Like, none of these guys hit anything but dirt. Eddie Murphy gets shot in the, the arm. Only by the main bad guy, though. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> so, um, Eddie Murphy makes his way to the final boss. This would have made a pretty fun video game. He uh, wastes the mic from bake Breaking Bad. From Bacon Bad. Baking Bad, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's called, I, if I remember correctly. So um, I just I just feel like that would be a great donut store name. Baking Bad. Well, they fry donuts. Yeah, that's true. It would be a terrible <laughs> for donut store name. It, I mean, it had to be. <laughs> Bakeries can guess, have donuts. I so. guess if you look at it, if you look at it from away, frying is the it is baking bad. <laughs> yeah, <it's> poorly. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, I'm so confused on whether I should use this or not. <laughs> You've convinced him both ways already. You're the Eddie Murphy of this podcast right now. So he finally gets to the final boss. He shoots him in the leg, and he's holding uh, uh, Jenny hostage. And he's like, and he's like, look, Jenny was a friend of mine. You you can't be holding her hostage right now. Ah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. yeah. In sp- what was his name? Lieutenant Gargamel <laughs> shows up and fucking wastes the bad guy oh, they yeah. both do but he like <laughs> blows him the fuck away so everybody empties a clip into the bad guy <laughs> also just fyi in the 80s nobody carries a regular gun all of these guns are like the size of a missile launcher like it's a handgun but when it goes off like a straight up okay. grenade comes out of we it we can't min- 
we'll be talking about crazy handguns when we get to the next movie. Oh, for sure. We're not going to bury the lead of monstrosity handguns. So, bad guy's dead, and now it's time for that strip club made-up story callback where now the lieutenant is having to spend some bullshit for his boss, the captain. Captain, who gives a fucking Chief Hubbard. He's... He's like, you know, how the he's fuck... He's a real hard ass. How the fuck did all of this happen? <laughs> and he's like, look, this was all planned from the beginning. And he shows him exactly the, each beat of how they did it on purpose. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's bullshit. What really happened goes to the other guy and he's just like... No, that was it. <laughs> no. Then we get the fucking Return of the Jedi. Everybody looks at each other. Everyone, everyone's looking at each other for confirmation. It goes on for like... Two minutes, it feels like. It's like the fucking chief would be like, okay, so you guys are just clearly lying. Like, you're obviously lying. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're lying in person. If, you, they, if they write it down, then it's true. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly yeah, right. Unless they can prove that it's not true, and then they all go and to And then they jail. have to write that down. <laughs> there's, there's also this point of, like, even like even if he knows it's bullshit, if everyone's just like, yeah, that's totally what happened. Like, I mean, well, it makes them look well, better, at this so point, fuck there's, it. There's, a, there's so much evidence that there's really no reason not to go along with it. Yeah. I mean, they, if they have the 80 kilos of cocaine. If they don't, then it's just Eddie Murphy walked into town and did all their jobs for them while they just fucked up the whole time. <laughs> arresting him for being thrown through windows and, and the like. He totally deserved to be arrested for throwing the guy through the buffet. Yeah. Obviously. Because, well, that time he did something that's generally not... It's frowned upon. <laughs> Dude, the fucking gambit he uses to get into the country club is fucking hilarious. Yeah. He just pretends to be a gay dude who has herpes and is like... Or no, is it herpes? Yeah, it's yeah, herpes. He says, he says that he has herpes and uh, it's like, oh, well... I, well and that's after the guy volunteers to take the message. <laughs> he's like, maybe you should just like, tell him. Oh, yeah, maybe you should tell him yourself. <laughs> I think that would be bad. <laughs> And his pretend gay uh, lisp is really brilliant, too. That was back whenever it was illegal to be gay. So, uh... Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, this uh, seeing it, you know, in 2019 doesn't necessarily uh, make me feel like that's okay, but at the same time, I'm also like, fucking 80s movies. Well, maybe. Eddie Murphy was never shy about having, like, gay slurs and stuff in his stand-up comedy and whatnot. No. Not, not even a little bit. And in this instance, he's not playing it against... No, it's not, not at he's all. He's not like attacking someone. He's using yeah. stereotypes about gay people to it's get like, what oh, he needs. Yeah, I know you, this is going to make Classic you uncomfortable. Con man. Right, exactly. This is going to make you uncomfortable. So, but it will get me into the place. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, man, you guys got to get some better security in this country club. <laughs> this guy over here, he just let me walk right in just because I said I was gay. <laughs> it's like, let me see some identification. Are you gay? <laughs> let okay. me see your gay card, please. So. Moving on, uh, almost a whole, a little bit more than a whole decade later, and we get Bad Boys, which Produced is... Produced by the same, uh, pair. Yeah, they're, I mean, you know, make a classic cop movie that has a theme song that will endure for all time, go ahead and make another one. Without Even though, the theme song. Yeah. Well, but the right. theme song they borrowed from the... And, <laughs> without a likable character. Yeah, right. Well, without many of the things you would have wanted <laughs> when making Bad Boys. Don't worry, they'll make another one, and then, then it's better. Too bad we didn't watch that one. The, which I've heard is excellent. The most 
mind-boggling thing to me about Bad Boys is, first off, the fact it came out in 1995, and the reason why I say that is because the second thing, the fact that it's a Michael Bay movie, and the fact that if you watch a Michael Bay movie right now, it's, it's the exact same still the same thing. It's the same shit! The same fucking shit! I mean, the comedy is the same, his camera movements are the same, everything being orange. The or blue the is the same. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh... There are times when you don't know... It's like... There are times when I thought, is this movie post-apocalyptic? Because the sky <laughs> is always orange. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Miami. City where the heat is on. All night on the beach till the break of dawn. <laughs> Welcome to Miami. So, explain to me how the song Miami by Will Smith was not on the soundtrack. It, was it before that? This, I mean, I, maybe, but I how did Will Smith like not have a song was, on the soundtrack? I feel like the song was probably after this. Well, let's look. Okay, so, yeah, that's why it's not in it. Okay. It's probably in the sequel. That's fine, <laughs> but, yeah, it probably is. But how does Will Smith not have a song on the soundtrack? Well, it's not like we're I, reserving it for only the most prestigious rap acts. Like, the ones that are on there, you know, they were big at the time, but not necessarily bigger than Will Smith. Who's in the movie? I want to just take a look at his IMDb real quick because was this after Independence Day or before? This was before Independence Day was like '97. Okay, I don't understand why. Basically, this feels like he feels very like protected, you know, like uh, Stallone would be because he's got a kind of stroke. It's like, hey, this this character is gonna be oh, he's gonna be rich. Could be a super cop. Uh, all the girls are gonna like him. Uh, he's cool, except for when he isn't. Then yeah. he's really uncool. Uh, <laughs> he murders a lot of people. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> like jizz will make you be able to fly. It just feels like so much of a vanity project. Oh yeah. But it's like, what has he done so far? <laughs> Dude, he was the freshest prince. Uh, yeah. For five fucking years, for half a decade, he has been freshing up all of the princes. He is coming off of Fresh Prince to be in this movie. He's coming in your TV. Also, I just want to talk real fast about how fucking unfair it is that it has a 6.9 while Beverly Hills Cop has only a 7.3. It should be a much bigger gap than that. <laughs> this was his first main role, wasn't it? Will Smith? Yeah, I mean... Really? It, it would almost have to have been. Well, he, mean... would, he was in Fresh Prince and then just instantly this. Independence Day was 96 the next year, and then Men in Black was 97. Those were his three, like, leading roles. Yeah, so I guess that, that Men was in all Black would have been shit. the first one where he had the song on the soundtrack. Men in Black? Yeah, yeah I guess I so. so. Okay. Well, Ooh, wild, wild west. I mean, it, would, he, it, would, it happened, <laughs> like, a, several more times after that, at least. But I just felt like it was a huge missed opportunity to not have him have a song on the soundtrack. Like, why not? I don't know. I mean... I mean, unless they just, he was just fully aware. And the, the interesting thing about this movie is, well, really this one and the second one, is, like, these are really the only two, like, huge movies that Martin Lawrence did. And based, pretty much everybody knows his name, you know, from the Martin show, but... Hey, 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 he what about of, Big like, Mama's House? He, well, he did a lot of, like, uh, you know, I would say fairly hit movies, but, like, you know, 
that are either action or close to it. Yeah, action I was. Comedy. I was. I don't ever remember like, anything being anywhere near as big as this, though. Like not not any even close. Wow. So Big Mama's house is what he's known for. I was kidding. That movie <laughs> is stupid. He's all well. I'm sure it spoilers, made a lot of money. He plays now. Big Mama. <laughs> Wait a minute. There was a sequel. Blue Streak was really good. I like that one. How many Big Mama's houses are there? There's a third one? Big Mama's, plural? Like father, like son? (laughs) What the fuck is happening? I'm just saying that, like, it's interesting that really he... He really only did, like, you know, these two huge movies and, like... But everybody knows Martin Lawrence. Well, because of the show Martin. It's like everybody knew at the time, everybody knew Will Smith because of Fresh Prince, it was like, let's take these two stars of these huge hit comedy TV shows and just put them together. You know, we'll have Michael Bay blow everything up and they will just be doing all of the, like, silly, like, comedy nonsense. Like, basically, 97% of the two-fucking-hour runtime of this movie is just them arguing about literally nothing. Yes. And it is and it, it not grates. fun. No, it grates. <laughs> I don't know, hard. maybe it was fun in 1995. Am I the only one who thinks that Martin Lawrence is better in this? Than Will Smith? Yeah, he kind of is better. He's in it way more. Yeah, his character is way more fleshed out than Will Smith. He's a way better character, at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can definitely agree with that because, like, Will Smith kind of doesn't do anything in this movie. How, how unrelatable is a rich cop? It's not a thing. There's no such thing. I I think I've only seen it like one other time, and that was Tango and Cash, where uh, Stallone is a rich cop because he plays the stock market. And he dresses like a douchebag. I'm afraid there does not exist a rich beat cop. Or anybody that works, that drives around and like arrests people. There's no such fucking thing. It doesn't exist. You would never do that job if you had money that you could just blow on a fucking Porsche. More to the point, you would definitely not drive that Porsche for work. (laughs) No fucking fast that Porsche would become just a fucking paperweight in his parking lot, in front of his his house, driving it like that. Uh, And speaking of It would turn to garbage instantly. uh, One of the first things is where... uh, They pull over because uh, Martin Lawrence dropped a bunch of fries on the floor. And, uh... While they're pulled over, some guys try to hijack them with using a woman as bait. And it's the uh, officer down slash, have you ever seen paper guy? Kim Coates. <laughs> slash Tig from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I never watched that, so. <laughs> well, it's by far the best thing he's ever been in. <laughs> For sure. But like... have you ever seen paper? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen paper? Okay. Well... Has he seen paper? He has. <laughs> Yeah, just from Jump Street, this movie makes no sense, and it proceeds to make even less sense as it goes along. There is, like, as far as, like, their police department, like, there is no order or structure whatsoever. Like, it seems like the two of them exist outside of any form of chain of command, and they have, like, one dude who's basically their handler. Yeah. And, like, that's why, that's what spawned this question, is because, like, and why why I, I said, like, they're pretty high, because, like, they're just not cops. They're just not. Like, there's there's nothing about the way that their job functions in, in this movie that, like, makes sense as far as, like, what they do. <laughs> yeah. And there's other people that work with them that's the same fucking way. Like, 
Literally everyone. Well, they have two cops them. that are like backing them up that show up like two times in the movie, and uh, and those get... guys those guys seem to be cops. Yeah, they <laughs> well they also get work done each time they show up. They do something that like would like way later in the movie whenever part of the bad guys actually follow uh, Martin Lawrence to like his house where Will Smith is. Like the two of them are just hanging out. Like had they not fucking been there. That would have gone way worse. Yeah. And then, like, there's another dead instance. witness, dead family. Yeah, there's another instance <laughs> dead where, cops. Like, had they not been there, actually doing stuff, they probably would have just stood, and then the camera would have panned around them like super fast in order to create that like depth effect. You and mean then... super slow? <laughs> I don't know. Well, what sometimes I mean. it's super fast, sometimes it's super. Slow. Yeah, I was gonna say, regardless, usually of how it's it... dramatic though. Yeah. It's like, slow. And then the bad guys would have just lost by default somehow the other because thing... it's Michael Bay. One thing also that bothers me, like, so much is, like, not when they're in the Porsche, but immediately after. Like, what are the fucking outfits that they're in? They look they look like they took the wardrobe either from, like, uh... It came from Fresh Prince, is where these fucking outfits came from. I don't no, know when the last it, time you watched Fresh Prince is, but well, yeah, everything he wears on that show is just, like, mind-boggling. Well, like... What the fuck is this? Will Smith pulls it off a little bit better here, but, like, the outfit that, like, Martin Lawrence has on is just awful it's it, just random clothes he found it, it looks, looks like, like the fucking like club clothes from like the super mario brothers movie are you talking about the part where he's wearing uh will smith's shirt no i'm talking <laughs> at, the, at the very beginning whenever they they go to like where all the heroin was taken which starts this like okay yeah we should probably set up that did anyone read the imdb on this no. oh no so two hip detectives <laughs> oh, that's a goddamn lie two hip detectives protect a witness or a witness to a murder while investigating a case of stolen heroin from the evidence storage room from the police precinct. All of that's accurate, other than the hip part. Uh, yeah, but, but when you stumble right out of the gate, you know, the rest of it may as well not even matter. No, I'm talking about their their beginning outfits, not in the Porsche, but immediately afterwards, where, like, Will Smith is, like, in this blue suit with a chain, and then, like, Martin Lawrence is wearing something that's supposed to be some sort of, like, dress clothes, but it's, like, kind of these, like, Bag, baggy like burgundy dress pants and then he has on like it's just like a like it's a vest like a cross between a vest or like a tank top where it's like there are no sleeves his arms are just exposed and he has like a black shirt underneath it and also a chain it it looks like the really awful clo like clothes that mario and luigi wore to the club in the super mario Brothers i know the movie. exact ones you're thinking or, of and um, it's like if that blue suit had been a little bit bluer and a little less dark it would have been that suit yeah for sure yeah it's it's not good and also like the worst part about that suit is just like this is 1995 and you got those 80 shoulder pads going hard <laughs> yeah like he looks like a rectangle that's how fucking pointy these shoulders are but the none old... of that matters because you're about to like the whole crux of the like comedy of the movie is the fucking most inexplicably stupid fucking thing I've ever seen. Like they don't even bother trying to justify it. They just well, this is how it is now for no reason. So the murder that we talked about. They're investigating this murder, which is the murder of Will Smith's friend. A hooker that he had, uh, uh, asked Sex to... Sex worker. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> He'd asked her to, uh, keep an eye out for somebody, the recently rich, I guess. <laughs> yes. And so, 
her and Taylioni go to this like private party, you know, to work. Party in quotation marks. There's and, one uh, guy there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the rest one of the guys guy are there and a brick of heroin. Huge fucking huge amount. party. Is it and heroin? Heroin is not a fucking party drug. No, it's not. <laughs> is this? Is it? Is yeah, this heroin? It's heroin? It is, isn't it? It says heroin right there. And, uh, yeah, the guy is acting like it's cocaine. And plus, they're they're cutting it with uh, ether. Yeah, I don't know. This is Later weird. On, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I think well, maybe let's all get fucked up and fall asleep and maybe Michael Bay doesn't know anything about drugs. I mean, that's fine. I'm <laughs> fine with him not knowing. Somebody should probably do a little research, but whatever. I mean, it's like we all assume I he should was know on, less than him. We all assumed he was on cocaine all these years, but it's like, what if he is just like, what if that's just how he is? <laughs> probably true. <laughs> Or maybe he was doing research and that's what got him on cocaine. Oh, yeah. And since then he's like, no, nah, man, I don't know anything about drugs. Is, is heroin the one you party with? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a shitty cover. So um, they don't know who witnessed the crime, but they know somebody did. So they're like, they're like investigating that. As soon as they find her, she specifically says, because her friend said... Mike uh, Lowry. Mike Lowry, <laughs> that's the only person I will trust... The inheritor of a ton of money, suppose I mean I assume just from the seasoning company, is that what we're gonna figure? <laughs> this is where he makes See, all his money. That would be a nice touch. That would be funny, is what that would be. That, that would, would be, be funnier than this movie. That would be great. <laughs> well, because he's you know there, there's the spice just no, and must there's flow. no reason for you fucking rich. <laughs> God damn it. No, there's not. Except uh, no, there yeah. is, because they wanted to put a fucking portion in it because in nineteen ninety five, Porsche man, it's a Porsche. It's they, so cool. You can still get that same car by... Hey, they commandeer a car. Like, oh, they do this in movies all the time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they did this in the fucking rock. <laughs> well, I guess... Dude, I don't know. <laughs> There's no explanation for anything in this movie. I, There's no justification. Yeah, it feels like an ego trip for somebody who's like, you haven't done anything you don't yet. Need it's to like, have why? An ego trip. why? Yeah. <laughs> so, she she calls the police station but says she won't... Roll over, or not roll over. She won't, like... <laughs> she will roll over. She's, she's a hooker, but a sex worker. So, um... Yeah, okay. Just, uh... Whatever, give, give legalize it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says, I'm not going to, like, tell you what happened, or testify, or be a witness, or whatever, unless Mike Lowry comes and, like, gets me and, like... I think you mean Mike Lowry. Lowry. Mike Lowry. No, Mike Lowry. Okay, no. We just need to stop that right now, because it's seriously one of the most annoying things in the movie, to the point of, like, you know how, like, you'll see in, like, certain series or things where when someone wakes up out of a free fever dream, or, like, they're having, like, a mental breakdown, they just hear certain things repeated over and over again? Like, that, that is this, this for me. I don't know why it's so annoying. I have no explanation for it. It gets but... longer every time they say it. It's like when Nicolas Cage says he wants to blast the Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it... He only says that once. We just hear it longer every time we... No, we that's my point. Yeah, it gets longer each time we say it. In the movie, it's... By the end, it's in slow motion, just like all the explosions are. It's to the point where, like, Will Smith forgets how to say his character's own name. <laughs> like, well, yeah, he starts doing it, too. But, uh... To me, it reminds me of, like, the uh, SNL... Uh, Bill Brasky! To Bill Brasky! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair, but it's uh, it's so annoying. Yeah. So aside from how annoying the name is, like I was trying to set up, here's the part 
of the movie that makes no fucking sense and nobody questions it and it's just the whole crux of all the comedy is that for some reason they have to switch places because Mike Lowry just doesn't happen to be present for this phone conversation. Yeah. So he just got thrown out of a window. Yeah, yeah. But that makes that's fine. But so Martin Lawrence shows up, pretends to be Mike Lowry so that she'll go with him. But then as soon as as you know, Will Smith shows back up, just say that he lied and that he's Mike Lowry. I can prove it. I have a fucking ID. Yes. It's like why do they have to switch places? They don't. It doesn't make any there, sense. There's a lot of those why moments in this movie where you're just like, what is the entire? But dude, this is the biggest one because everything that happens from this point forward <laughs> is because of this. It's because the captain orders them to switch places for no reason. Well, I mean, I guess she doesn't believe him anyway. She immediately is like, "You're not Mike Lowry. You're fucking shorter than it was described," and all these other reasons. And he's like. Yeah, no, I told you. You're not as cool and good looking as I expected you to be for some reason. Yeah. Smooth. Smooth from a guy who is about to shoot a guy's fucking head off. God. It is infuriatingly stupid that he's forced, that they're forced to switch places. I, you know, I can't think of a good reason why that would be the case, but this isn't one of them. I can tell you that for sure. Like, there's no. There's no justification for this. Nothing it fucks everything I mean, up. It fucks she, up everything. Once she trusts them, there's no reason to keep the the just sham no. going. She's letting them be around her. They're interchangeable to her. After they're together, she Speaking trusts of, them both. Of no reason for doing things. Like halfway through this movie, the criminals are directly attacking the cops at this point. Yeah. Like, to the point where the criminals now have seen and know who all these criminals are. Right? I said the criminals know who the criminals are. I'm sorry, are. I'm sorry. The cops know who all these criminals are, right? And they've been directly... I mean, they don't know their names, but they've seen their faces. They've been directly threatened and attempted, you know, Attacked tried to kill them, them. attack yeah. and stuff. So what is the point of the criminals trying to get the witness at this point? There is like, no point. <laughs> and th that's they, proven by the fact that once they find the witness, they don't kill her, they just kidnap her for no reason. <laughs> Hold on, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is bullshit, but... Uh, <laughs> she is she is the only one that has seen the French guy. Yeah. The wet fart villain of the movie. Yeah, he's the worst. So, uh, did you yeah, forget about the guy? <laughs> no, 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 no. Until until he they attack him at the at the apartment. No. Wait. He's not at the apartment. Yes, he no, is. He is. He's in the center with two guns drawn. <laughs> Everybody's firing at... Oh, wait. Do you mean at the end? Well, near the end. But Steven's talking to... This is the point where um, she gets kidnapped. Like, why would they kidnap her? That's yeah, my point. The, that was the, my point. That's the end of the movie, though. You know? Yeah, I know. I'm just yeah. saying that, speaking of pointless There's no reason shit. to kidnap her. Yeah, yeah. I get that. yeah. She was the witness of him committing a crime... But he is actively committing fuckloads <laughs> of crimes just to get her back and then not kill her? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense! It's like, it's not like he's holding her hostage so that the cops won't fuck with him because he doesn't say that. He doesn't call them up and say, look, I'll kill her if you follow me or if you try to come after me. He doesn't try that at well, all. he does. He yeah, says, he uh, does. It's like, hey, I, because of you, I had to move my plans up. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doing my drug deal in four hours. <laughs> 
don't interfere don't interfere or else the girl's dead that was like i i just mean like that was way after after he would have definitely already for sure killed her yeah as the only witness to this other crime (laughs) yeah and except for that it doesn't matter because they just tried to kill everybody in this fucking hotel lot or this apartment complex lobby like whatever this is condominiums or whatever even if you wanted to just like because he grabs her instead of just killing her on the spot like, the only reason that he should have taken her with her is if he was just going to take her somewhere else to hide the body. Yeah. Like, just... Like just a drum of acid. Yeah. And I, and I do realize that I'm jumping forward, but literally the entire middle of this movie is just shenanigans going on with Martin Lawrence and his wife and them arguing back and forth and, like, the girl being a fucking moron. Oh, right. it's really bad. That That is the movie. Like, that's... My point is that an hour and 20 minutes of this movie is... Is is caused by something that they don't even bother trying to lie or explain about. They're just like, nope, the police captain says so, so we just have to switch places. Like, real talk, had I remembered that this movie was as annoying as it was, I probably would have picked Bad Boys 2. But the only problem with that is Bad Boys 2 is fucking two and a half hours long. Really? Yeah. Like, there's there's a segment in the middle where <laughs> they go to the nightclub to, like, they know that the bad guys are going to be there, basically. Yeah. And the woman... Uh, T.A. Leone, she... Wait, wait, wait. T.A. Leone? Yeah. How many... Oh, whatever. How many <laughs> syllables does that first name get? But, so she's... She decides to go to the fucking nightclub, too. Yeah. And after all the shit goes down at the nightclub, they're, like, escaping, and she's like, you call this protective custody? Yeah. And it's like, are you serious? Are you kidding <laughs> If they would have just let her shoot the guy, <laughs> movie over. Yeah, the movie's done. Maybe. Also, <laughs> their plan to stop her shooting the obvious bad guy, which they know that guy up there is the bad guy because they just got attacked in the bathroom, right? Well, or the cops the haven't seen him because he's like, well, a no, I, ju- miles I just away. mean like realistically, as soon as they came in the club. No, I know, <laughs> but my point is like. Rather than let her just shoot up there at whatever it is that she's for some reason shooting at, they swat her hand down, which would have definitely shot a member of the crowd. <laughs> and I don't understand how somebody didn't get shot because the gun goes off. Mm-hmm. So what? It, who got what got shot in a densely populated fucking sex club is the only thing I can explain. I don't what this know. Is. There, there's also there's no guarantee she would have been able to shoot him anyway. Where the bathroom like, is made out of fish tanks. Like if, if the window <laughs> to like that top floor was like bullet. Proof glass. I would not be surprised, or just like it not actually hitting. See, him that would be something. a cooler moment, though. Yeah, yeah, a way it's, cooler moment. Like the like the bullet just lodges in the glass and right the, in you, front of his fucking head, and you're just like, 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 yeah, bitch. evil face. Ah, <laughs> it's like evil ah, face. but you didn't. <laughs> you didn't account for my, for some reason, bulletproof glass. Regardless of that, the thing that that like makes this really stupid as well is the fact she even goes, like. You have no training with a gun. You well, like maybe you a little have, as you a have, sex worker. Oh, maybe you have no like combat experience. Like you have nothing to go off of. You just know this guy might be here. Like it's like why would you just go into the enemy base when you're a civilian? Which is exactly what this is. Her acting stupid is possibly one of the most believable parts of the movie, though. I hate to admit it, but yeah, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> We're getting into the nitty gritty of why this movie is so dumb, but like we've said, almost all of it is just inexcusably stupid and unexplained. 
Yeah. Just, like they, Martin Lawrence going back to his house because he Will thinks Smith's, his wife's Will Smith's fucking, whole Will character. Smith. Bullshit. Martin Lawrence. At least is relatable. A married guy, got family. <laughs> right. The Martin fact that they Lawrence put him is in fine. Bad, yeah, I... <laughs> the fact He's that they the put him in this bad situation where he has to pretend to be Mike Lowry. <laughs> Mike Lowry season salt. I don't know about Martin Lawrence <laughs> being the best part of the movie. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's Martin Lawrence and like, everything. Who would, what would be the best part then? The explosions? Because it's the only other thing in the movie. Yes. <laughs> I mean, explosions are cool. There's explosions. <laughs> they do blow up an airplane hangar. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because, like, I don't, like, his character, whenever he, they want him to do, like, really heavy comedy stuff, is actually really annoying. Like, the whole thing. Oh, no, it's all part. bad. This is yeah. the true lies bad guys of movies. This should not get a 6.9 on IMDb. I no. know it's, like, considered to be, like, oh, it's so good, but I think everyone's just remembering Bad Boys 2 for some reason. Pretty sure. <laughs> also, like, I don't know if you've seen the scoring on, like, Bad Boys 2, but, like, the audience rating on that... Oh, yeah, it's way lower. The audience rating <laughs> for that, for Rotten Tomatoes, is, like, I don't know, like, 80%. Like, enough to where, like, whenever in, in uh, Hot Fuzz, whenever uh, uh, Nick Frost was, like, Bad Boys 2, like, it makes sense. And, like, I, I haven't seen that movie for a long time, but I remember it being better than this one. I tell you what, Bad Boys... I, I've never I've never seen Bad Boys 2. I know that it's supposed to be, like, really a really great action movie. It's, like, classically known as. But the fact that Nick Frost holds up Point Break or Bad Boys 2 tells me I'm not going <laughs> to like it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's like... Oh, shit. Both of them... Point Break can go fuck itself. Bad Boys can go fuck itself to hell. And I think we can be done with it because, honestly, nothing else happens. Like, somehow, racing saves the day even though he's proven that he's a terrible driver the whole movie. And also, like, the, no even explanation. I feel like this part also would have been better had, like, the racing actually done anything. Because it's just like, they're racing up, like, there's basically this gap in, in this wall. Um, and they're just racing up to it, and then he has to cut them off to get through, like, the hole in between them. And I'm, I, I was just, like, I didn't, like I said before, I, I don't really remember this movie very well whenever I picked it. Like, I feel like the climax would have been better had, like, the bad guy hit the wall or something. He did hit the wall, but, uh... What do you mean? Well, I mean, hit, hit the wall and, he and didn't die. didn't die. Yeah. Well, he would have died. Well, here's the thing. the thing. There's open space on both sides of them. There's no reason for them to be racing towards this opening. Yeah, you can just it go... It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, like, if you're... It's like, go... yeah, we better keep... Ra oh, wait. I just turned left. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, I, I I honestly believe that the entire point of this whole racing part at the end was just to cap off the joke about Martin Lawrence's bad driving. Yes. I'm sure it is. 100%. That's supposed to be the punchline. The movie is supposed to be funny, and it just isn't. It's supposed to be Michael Bay-y, and it very much is. So I guess it's successful in that it's half of an Armageddon. Like, they're just a lot of okay, blowing things up. This next part is what really pissing me off, especially about Will Smith's character. Because the guy's laying on the ground, he managed. They managed to shoot the gun out of his hand. You know, they knock it away from him, or they shoot his leg. Yeah. And uh, then he kicks the gun away from him, but he's got him down, and he's like, the guy wants him to shoot him, and and he really wants to shoot the guy. And it's like this guy hasn't done anything personally to him. There's he no did reason to kill him. his friend, specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah. He straight blew her the fuck away. I completely forgot about her. Yeah. Though. 
like two hours ago. <laughs> but the thing is, like, they don't remind you that he even knew her because they don't establish their relationship but for one second. Yeah, they, I mean... They, they, they have one very brief conversation. Honestly, this would be so much better if he were... If they had not switched places because then he'd be able to reminisce with his friend about how... Or re- reminisce yeah. with this current right, hooker. exactly. Yes. How much of a friend this old hooker was. <laughs> they... They just take this concept of, like, what if Martin Lawrence was, like, a family man, but then he's got to switch places with crazy cool Will Smith? It's like, that is a dumb fucking plot! It's stupid, and you didn't even explain why you're doing it! Because it's fucking bullshit! It's a piece of shit, and I don't like it. Okay, but uh, this is where uh, the uh, bad guy... Doesn't get his way. He doesn't get shot in the head. So he pulls out a quad barrel pistol. <laughs> Why didn't they set up this pistol earlier? Like, they should have had the... the that should have been the murder weapon for the... The sex worker. Exactly. Yeah, gotten blown exactly. away by this earlier. The, the thing, and, like, had four huge bullet holes in her chest and be like, what even is this? Like, what kind of gun could do this? With this fucking quad barrel pistol, and the fact that it fucking exists, <laughs> it's because, like... So, like, a twenty-two caliber handgun is, like, if you're wearing, like, two pairs of jeans, it will bounce off your jeans. And this has to be a pistol that has, like, a slightly lower caliber than that. So I can't see this actually doing any damage if no, you shoot anywhere other than the face. Like, it would have been less ridiculous if he pulled out, like, a G.I. Joe gun rocket launcher and just, like, pew, like, fired the little, like, not-safe-for-children rocket at him. <laughs> and right. So this particular gun... Is called the cop, uh, the cop three fifty seven Derringer. It shoots fifty three fifty seven caliber bullets. Oh shit! <laughs> it does not look like it. It looks <laughs> tiny, and regardless of the size of the bullets oh. that it fires or whatever, it is the dumbest fucking gun I've ever seen. And we didn't notice it before, but the villain's actually like eight foot tall. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually so got it looks giant like a really tism. small game. <laughs> it's like the yeah. little gun that Will Smith has in Men in Black. <laughs> the noisy the cricket. cricket. Noisy cricket, yeah. You know, the noisy cricket was was like awesome at this point. But <laughs> see, I feel like they were playing him up to be in this movie what he actually is in Men in Black. Yes. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. <laughs> Men in Black? The complete other side of the you know, Will Smith is cool in a, in an action movie as a cop coin. Also it's far superior. Good. Yeah, oh dude. <laughs> it's awesome. Like at least the first one. There's is. nothing not good about it. Like the first one, I mean they never should have made sequels, but it's the whole it's the nineties, let's make five more sequels of They're everything. getting ready to release a new non Will Smith Men in Black, right? Yeah. They didn't with, are, didn't uh, they already? No. No, no it's no. getting ready to come out with um Hemsworth? Chris it's Hemsworth just, uh, and I can't remember the girl's name, but she's also really fucking awesome. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, is she, yeah. Is she from the... It's the same character that's from the original Men in Black, where, like, she was the coroner or whatever? No. Uh, is it no. a totally different character? Totally different. No, Tessa Thompson was uh, the girl... She was Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. No, I'm not talking about, like, the actress. I mean, like, is it the same character? Oh, I don't think so, but I, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, regardless. So this well, anyway. is tangentially related to Will Smith. Just because it's Men in Black yeah. franchise. Yeah, so at the end, real quick before we hit the diggity scale, like Martin Lawrence just handcuffs Will Smith to uh, 
the female lead and like Walks they have out. no yeah they have no chemistry like why would why would you build this at the end they like barely talked right that's what i'm saying it's like hey I you guys are... think they threw in the switching like the 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 life swap thing like last minute because <laughs> it's almost everything that happens it's such falls a huge, apart because yeah, of that it's such a huge misstep yeah like it would be a completely different movie if not for that one decision it's fucking infuriating. It's it's so so poor and it's so unfair that just because it had a lot of explosions in it and two popular actors from this time, it got a sequel. It shouldn't have. It's terrible. This movie <laughs> sucks. It's not worse than Point Break. Almost nothing is. Okay, well, I guess we should look at that scale then. <laughs> so, diggity scale, yo. I mean, Beverly Hills Cop has got to be toward the top, like oh, probably overwhelming surplus. For sure, I yeah. I, I definitely feel like that. Um, Very few movies are perfect. For me, it would have to be to get supreme diggity. For me, it's, it's supreme. Okay. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> close. it's very close. I mean, I, I, I would, it might as well be. I don't. I can't think of anything I don't like about it. Uh, so I guess I'd go ahead and move it up. I mean, it's like Karate Kid. Like, there's nothing fucking wrong with the first Karate Kid movie. Uh, yeah, I I don't like it. I don't like it enough to put it in the supreme dignity. And that's not because like I dislike it by any means. Like it's awesome. I, I definitely am in the overwhelming surplus dig- of dignity. But if like for example, someone walked up to me and was just like, "This is my favorite cop movie," I'd be like, "Yeah, all right, that's fucking good." I mean, I agree if, you, with that. if you just look at it from action comedies of the '80s, what's better? Can't be beat. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean. It's really fucking good. I definitely, I definitely give it at least like the very top of an overwhelming surplus of diggity. But honestly, I, I just like Steven, I can't think of anything I would change about this movie. I don't think there's nothing really wrong with it. I mean, to be like the only thing I could think of is just Judge Reinhold's inability to be a human being, <laughs> kind of like. And he's supposed to be, like, funny and endearing, and he just isn't, because he just looks like a scary, like, murderer. Like, that's really it. Like, as far as, like, stuff that they attempted to do that didn't work. I kind of wish so, we got Judge Reinhold in Judge Dredd. Just for, I mean, that, he'd, just for that trailer. Be... <laughs> <laughs> Judge Reinhold is Judge, Judge Dredd. Dredd. <laughs> he could have very easily made a cameo in, uh, the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd. Well, yeah, I mean, if Rob Schneider can make it into that movie, literally anybody could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, but then, if we're moving on to the slightly more warm, but much worse diggity. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I honestly don't know where to put bad boys. Like, it's toward the bottom, for sure. Like, I don't, I don't think I had as much of a problem with it as you guys, mainly because, like, well, number one, I've seen it many times, and I think I'm kind of, like, maybe desensitized by it by this point of the stupidity. <laughs> no, it's, 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 like, it's like when you hear a shitty song that you hate, but you hear it everywhere, and then eventually you're like, I guess it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean... I, it's just you've seen it too much, and now it's like, nostalgia reasons, it seems good. Yeah, and, really and there's good. many, many other shitty 90s action movies yeah, that are I'll, worse. Yeah, I'll give a... I'm gonna give it a slight rise of diggity. Is where I'm gonna yeah, go. I would say fair to slight is yeah. fine with it. Same here. Nah, hardly. 
Like I want, I want I mean, to be able to say a reason why I could give it a slight rise. I really dislike the Will Smith character, but it's like you know, it's like I kind of don't care that much about it to uh, even say that it was like that bad. The only reason you, that I could possibly argue, from my perspective, that this movie would deserve a slight rise is just Taylioni is super hot. That's all. That's yeah, the only reason. Slight rise downstairs. Eh? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, then again, I'm going to bring it down slightly because Michael Bay looks like a fucking twat. <laughs> well, he's mean? not in the movie. Just all the time. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, I, <laughs> where, the reason why I, I mean, there's I, much better reasons to hate Michael Bay than just the fact <laughs> that he looks like a twat. He is a twat. Yeah. Listen, if you can give it a rise because Tim No, I didn't. I said it, if you if you I will not give it a rise. I'm maybe I misspoke. I was just saying like if if it came down to it, the only possible way that I would is because she's so hot. I would never give this movie anything better than hardly anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things of like this I think it's bad and I don't think it's bad for the fault of any of the, th- of the three main actors at any point, I think there was just a lot of bad decisions made and they just had to just go, they had to work with what they had. Yeah. I'm not really a big fan of Martin Lawrence. I mean, the show was really successful. It must have been funny to some people. I watched it because it was on, but I don't, I don't know. I like Will Smith a lot though. And the fact that his character is garbage ruins the movie. If you want a... a... What I think is a pretty good uh, Martin Lawrence like action comedy. I think uh, Bad Boys too. <laughs> I think Blue Streak is a good uh, okay. example. I would have much rather watched Blue Streak. I think than this. <laughs> That's the one where uh, Blue Streak's the one where Dave Chappelle talks about ripping a guy's eyes out through his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's already better than this movie. Then, ooh, Michael Bay does look smart. <laughs> I told you, he looks like a twat. Didn't he, like, force Megan Fox to wash his car as an audition? It's like, you're fucking disgusting, and she, dude. she, like, demanded more money or something, so he just replaced her in the third Transformers movie. Well, that's fine. That's just a contract dispute. But being like, to get this job, which has nothing to do with washing cars... Okay, I guess it's well, tangentially it's related job, so... to washing cars. <laughs> Listen, I really need to see how you wash Bumblebee. It's like, but you need to be wearing a bikini, which you will not be wearing in the movie. And basically, the bikini needs to be made out of ShamWow so that you can use those to wash the car. Because you're not going to be allowed to actually use your hands. He's a piece of shit, and I wish a fucking meteor would crash into his house and kill him. Also, Bad Boys 2 and Bad Boys are both terrible. I haven't even seen the second one, and I don't even need to. <laughs> Is it also directed by Michael Bay, I assume? I'm pretty sure. I, I, say, yeah. It's got the, this shit just got real, like, classic spin, camera spinning thing. Oh, yeah, they did that in this one. Yeah, no, but it wasn't... He, he's got the same he moves he's always had. He doesn't <laughs> say this shit just got real, though. That's that's the That's the quote from the second Bad Boys movie that I think I've seen more times than I've seen any movie. Just that. <laughs> And it's because of, it was, for some reason, Bad Boys 2 was like, oh, you want to see a DVD? Well, look how cool Bad Boys 2 looks on DVD. Yeah. 
it was in all the DVD promotional material, and it just... Well, you know, sometimes a movie just comes along at the right time to where it's like, hey, we can really show off our technology with Twister. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. A very shitty movie also. <laughs> but not nearly as shitty as Bad Boys. Okay, do we have any feedback? Yeah, uh, actually we have a really cool piece from our Instagram from oh, Nowadays, who's a musician, responded to our last episode on Instagram. And uh, he said, don't laugh at me for this, but Wesley Snipes legit made me feel better about being teased for being the darkest skid- skinned kid in my class back in grade school. LOL. Crazy as fuck, he just showed me love on my new short film that was inspired by him. As a fellow fan of Mr. Snipes, it would be a blessing to hear what you guys think of it. It's in my bio on my page. Bless you all. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd check it out. that seems crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Is fucking I told awesome, him that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact he probably should have dodged taxes, but I mean, aside from that, like he's pretty I mean, cool. We don't know anything about that. Sometimes you don't have any choice because maybe, maybe he hired a guy that wasn't any good. Yeah. Also, because taxes are bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll definitely, uh, yeah, no we'll definitely either. check out um, your short film uh, in the meantime and talk about it a little bit on our next episode. Yeah, but that's not crazy at all. Like. He, like, in the 90s was, like, in his movies, he's always, like, commenting about how, like, especially in the Wesley Snipes movies we watched, it's like, oh, so you're just going to assume I'm the bad guy because I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> Which is real talk, what happened in the 90s? I mean, it, shit's it, still happening, but... It's fucking bullshit. It was straight up rampant in the... I mean, it was happening always, but it's like, as soon as camcorder technology hit the scene, it was like, oh... It's we have actual proof now. <laughs> proof. No, I just mean like we can put a video of it on the news. So um, yeah. So that was our only feedback. Cool beans. So awesome. uh, if you want to tell your friends about us, they can find us on Spotify, on iTunes, on TuneIn, and on other places that you download your weekly podcasts. Uh, you, sh- you can check out some other podcasts that we have on United Cipher, like Talks Over Games, uh, Music Video Countdown, uh, Anime Alphabet. Uh, if you want to hit us up with some feedback, you can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter at MPM Podcast and on in- Instagram at Motion Picture Meltdown. If you want to listen to some podcasts that we listen to on the regular, you can check out Nerdonomy. You can check out Sean vs. Wild. You can check out Plumbing the Death Star and Trick or Treat Radio. Uh, with that being said, we've hoped... Uh, we hope you like our uh, Black History Month. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. To be honest, I think this is the only month we've actually ever recorded all the episodes and released them when we were supposed <laughs> I to. I told you I was going to be on <laughs> I it. Really I don't told think you. It's ever happened. I delivered. This one hasn't been released yet, so. <laughs> yeah, we still might fuck it up, but. Cross your fingers. I, mean, I might have just I, jinxed it, but. I committed just, and I delivered, it. so. Good job, Steven. We appreciate it. You proved me wrong. You proud. You prove the justice. You are my you are my nemesis, so uh it, really that was just in the back of my mind. I was just like, well I have to make D Heart. If I don't do asshole. it, then then D Heart wins. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, I've been one of your hosts, Steven the Rose Rosenberg. Phil the Lowry Collins. Detective McGee of the Cheatsville Police Department. And D Heart. And we'll see you next time.